It is Wednesday the 22nd of January and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, the key events from the World Economic Forum in Davos so far. This is not a time for pessimism. This is a time for optimism. Fear and doubt is not a good thought process because this is a time for tremendous hope and joy and optimism and action. Also, why laughter matters more than we often think, and an award celebrating new projects in Copenhagen that is worth paying attention to. I am Marcus Hippie in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. It was quite the juxtaposition at the opening of the World Economic Forum yesterday. One session headlined by Greta Thunberg entitled Averting a Climate Apocalypse. And before that, a speech by US President Donald Trump. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. They are the heirs of yesterday's foolish fortune tellers, and I have them, and you have them, and we all have them. And they want to see us do badly, but we don't let that happen. No political ideology or economic structure has been able to tackle the climate and environmental emergency and create a cohesive and sustainable world. Because that world, in case you haven't noticed, is currently on fire. Max Ramsey is a journalist for Reuters, CNN and Bloomberg. Max, tell us more about those speeches. What new did Thunberg and Trump have to say? Yes, well, Marcus, it was kind of the big event yesterday. Everyone was waiting to see whether the president would show up, which he did, and then how he would kind of address people two years on from when he last came. Obviously, climate change has been really just a huge topic this year at the WEF, it dominated and came top of the Global Risks Report, which is basically a survey of uh, delegates that come to the World Economic Forum. So it's been on everyone's lips. It's a huge topic. And Greta Thunberg obviously is the face of the climate movement for many people. And so we had the president speaking in the morning, just around lunchtime, and then Greta Thunberg just afterwards. And I mean, there was some crossover, some tension, I would say. President Trump did say he cared about the environment, but then also called the climate activists that have been so dominant this year in Davos, prophets of doom. So, you know, tension there between the two really most high profile people at the World Economic Forum this year. What were the other key events yesterday besides those speeches by Thunberg and Trump? Well, the US-China I guess tensions has been such an ongoing thing, but one of the ways that it's manifested has been with Huawei. And so the CEO, Ren Zhengfei, was in a very interesting panel, basically getting into whether Huawei was, you know, this threat that many people have have seen it as, or whether it's, you know, an exciting, modernizing, different, disruptive, in fact, tech company. Ren Zhengfei, the CEO of Huawei, really... I guess getting into one of the elephants in the room, one of the big topics, you know, alongside other figures from China, Hong Kong, Carrie Lam, the leader of Hong Kong, also appearing and speaking alongside senior Chinese government ministers. I think, you know, alongside Greta Thunberg, there's been some real focus this year on the the young activists, young people making political change. And in fact, Greta Thunberg started her day yesterday with 
a panel alongside these other youth activists, not just on climate, on things like LGBT issues, also on gun rights. Naomi Wadler is this very interesting 13-year-old activist who kind of was part of the March for Our Lives movement. And she has been a big figure attracting huge audiences at the forum this year. What are the main themes in Davos this year besides climate change? That's something you mentioned already. So I guess trade, always a huge theme, and the global economy, definitely. The IMF downgraded its outlook just before the forum, actually at the start of the forum. And so I guess that's loomed large. As well as that, you know, this US-China tension has definitely been a key factor. And Davos is a place where you know, these geopolitical tensions all meet in the middle. It's been quite interesting this year that there hasn't been an Iranian government representative. Javad Zarif had been scheduled to attend, but isn't here after all. So with all these kind of simmering geopolitical tensions in the background, a lot of focus is on that, even with those who are not present at the forum this year. And just finally, Max, what do you expect from this day then? So I think probably the most exciting event that people have been looking forward to, both from a climate perspective, but also just a, a more general news and celebrity perspective, is Prince Charles's address. The uh, Prince of Wales, of course, of the UK, is going to address delegates uh, this year around lunchtime today. Um, so, you know, a lot of people will be watching that, not only for his perspective on climate change, but with the many other things that have plagued the uh, British royal family recently. And besides that, is there anything else we should be keeping an eye on today or even later in the week? Well, all the the tech CEOs have, of course, descended on Davos, and they are having a lot of closed-door meetings. So we don't get to see this publicly, but there are reports that President Trump will have met last night for dinner with various tech CEOs, including Apple's Tim Cook. And then you've got European leaders, including, of course, Sanna Marin, the um, very young, considered quite exciting Finnish prime minister, who is also reported to be holding various meetings with tech CEOs across the week. So a lot of deals going on in the background in Davos. Max Ramsey, thank you very much. Then Monocle's Jamie Waters has found his favourite panel from Davos. Scrolling through the schedule for the World Economic Forum in Davos reveals a surprising topic amidst the array of talks on climate change, healthcare and emerging markets. A panel about laughter. Called Why is Laughter Contagious? It looks to explore the science of laughter and its power to unite. Quite right that mirth should be addressed on such a prominent stage. It's a funny time for humour and the subject deserves our attention. I was recently out with friends when one companion declared that she rarely belly laughs anymore, unlike when she was younger. She's in her early 30s. Others in the group agreed. I did not. I remain committed to an entirely silly brand of humour that never matures but seems to entertain me and at least one loyal friend. But this did get me thinking about whether real, unbridled guffawing is only for the young and carefree. Studies remain sketchy, but some sources suggest that children giggle far more often than grown-ups due to their lack of inhibition. One much-cited urban legend suggests children laugh 300 times a day and adults only 18. A more pressing concern, though, is whether adults are laughing less now than in previous generations. In the West and beyond, people are angry and tired of the political situations at home and of the earth deteriorating around them. In addition to all this doom, 
Many urbanites are living in an era of niceness and inclusivity, which are undeniably good things, yet which can go hand in hand with earnestness. Humour often stems from irreverence, gaining its special spark from the fact that it is unexpected or flirts dangerously close with inappropriateness. Are we scared to make jokes for fear of causing offence? The wellness generation looks to juice cleansers and spin classes in order to make ourselves feel better. Perhaps the real antidote to our world weariness is to crack a one-liner. For Monocle, I am Jamie Waters. My thanks to Jamie. And then, elsewhere on today's agenda, Hong Kong's annual Chinese New Year Fair in Victoria Park, normally a time of community celebration, is taking place under a political shroud this year. Hong Kong government officials have closed down two stalls for violating a ban introduced this year on politically themed products. The stalls operated by a pro-democracy political party featured a timeline of the recent civil unrest alongside cartoon of Carrie Lam, Xi Jinping and a policeman beating up protesters covering under umbrellas. British Columbia's Tunaha Nation has received 21 million Canadian dollars or 14.5 million euros in private and federal funding to convert Jumbo Valley, a mountainous region in southeastern BC, into an indigenous protected area managed by First Nations. Many have braced the move as a significant step forward in the new Liberal government's reconciliation efforts. And the architecture and design industry is so flooded with awards that it's difficult to discern those with merit, but there is an award celebrating new projects in one of the world's best planned cities that is worth paying attention to. The Oretz Arne is a Danish gong, named after the master of modernism Arne Jakobsen, and today its six shortlisted finalists will present new built projects in Copenhagen to the judges before a winner is named next week. A school and a affordable housing scheme and a series of smart metro stations are all part of a people-focused project mix of prize contenders. Read more about today's stories by subscribing to our daily email bulletin at our website. I am Markus Hippi. The Monocle Minute returns on Thursday.